Did you know Fiji is an easy 10-hour direct plane ride from SFO or LAX? They serve you dinner, you go to sleep for the night, you wake up, they serve you breakfast, and you land in paradise. That intrigues me. <laughs> so does quantum surfing and lucky behaviors. I'm so excited for this conversation with Monica today because we're going to get into all of that. Let's paddle out. Inquiring minds want to know, how are entrepreneurs like us daring bravely to build a stage, ditch the sweatpants, and step up to the mic? How do we create our own transformative events so we can get our message out into the world in a bigger way that's not only profitable, but it's actually something we can be proud of? That's the question, and the answers are inside this podcast. My name is Sarah Faefer. Welcome to Green Room Central. Hey, it's Sarah. I have an invitation for you right now. You can join entrepreneurs from across the globe who share a passion for hosting their own events. Become part of the community that inspires and cheers you on over at greenroomcentral.com. Today, I brought into Green Room Central Studios Monica Lawrence, a serial entrepreneur and conscious explorer with a passion for life. After decades as a leader in global enterprises, Hollywood entertainment, and Silicon Valley technology startups, Monica launched into hospitality with Tavola Fiji, her luxe private villa, an inspiring venue for her stillness retreats for executives and visionaries. Monica is also the creator of Quantum Surfing, a creation method that teaches purpose-driven entrepreneurs and innovators to combine neuroscience, applied enlightenment, and quantum mechanics to predictably create lucky outcomes and accelerate venture impact. Monica, welcome to Green Room Central Studios. Say hello to Lynchpin Nation. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Sarah. And hello, Lynchpin Nation. Great to be here. Uh, I'm thrilled to have you. I've been so excited for this conversation. Uh, first, because I know you're in Fiji right now. Uh, and second, because you host some pretty cool retreats there. And I'm just dying to know the details. Like, What kind of experience are you creating for your guests that you bring to Fiji? Oh, thank you so much for asking, Sarah. Yeah, I am in Fiji right now. Um, finally, our borders have reopened. We were closed for nearly two years with the pandemic. And um, on December 1st, we started allowing tourists to come back in. And it's been a true joy. I hosted guests here over both Christmas and New Year's and um, just said goodbye to the last of those guests yesterday. And have more guests coming in in a week. So um, it's always a pleasure to share this very special place with people. Uh, this is a you know, private boutique hotel, uh, really a private villa uh, consisting of seven different structures on eight acres of jungle. If you can see a little bit of that behind me. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm seeing a little peek. <laughs> <laughs> The whole property cascades to the sea and we're on the shore of Savu Savu Bay here in the north of Fiji. So it's a it's a tranquil and exceptionally special place to be. 
um, I think it's kind of signature quality is this immersion in nature. Uh, you can't help but unravel and relax here. Mm -hmm. I find the place you can even hear my my roosters. Yes. <laughs> So you're you're making me so jealous right now. <laughs> I have to add this to my list of places to go. This place has a way of just not just speaking to the soul, which is why I was called to be here, but really connecting, drawing you in. Um, and so the retreats I offer here, I call them stillness. They're an extension of the quantum surfing techniques that I teach and share on quantumsurfing.com. But it's a unique experience here in Fiji. The purpose of this stillness retreat is to welcome entrepreneurs home. Um, that was my motivation for buying this place, which is called Tavola. I wanted to give the best and brightest, the visionaries among us, the people who are excited to create something that doesn't exist right now, I wanted to give them a place to come home, a place to be with others who are similarly motivated, um, a place to get reconnected to themselves and what matters in life, and as a result, to be able to reimagine what that next path is looking like for them and the steps to get there. So the stillness retreats are really designed for the entrepreneurs among us who are crafting the next reality that we'll all experience. Mm, so you're really opening up space for them to be creative by giving them this outlet to escape from the, the everyday, if you will. Yeah, yeah, very much so, yes. What, what do you kind of, what's a typical, uh, guests to say coming away from one of your stillness retreats like what are they most surprised about <laughs> uh, they're surprised how much you can make happen by ostensibly doing nothing wow uh, and these are techniques that I actually teach in quantum surfing I I teach in the first course how to be predictably lucky and it's by adopting traits and practices that are just joyful and fun and serendipitous and easygoing, but that have real outcomes. So in the early days when I first got here and I had people coming for the stillness retreats, they weren't retreats so much at that point in time as kind of work parties with a playlist <laughs> because we had a mm. lot of work to do. And so these beautiful people would come and hang out and we'd have meals together and a lot of fun. And invariably, after some period of time together, they would say, uh, Monica, what's, what's, what's going on? I'm like, well, what do you mean what's going on? And they're like, well, look, I am spending every day with you. I know exactly what you're doing. I know how you're spending your time. And yet whenever we need something for this project, it just happens to appear. Whenever we go into town, you just happen to run into the people that you need to see in order to move us forward, you know? And like, so, so what's going on? And 
They're like, oh, that. They're like, yes, that. I'm like, oh, that's quantum surfing. That's oh, wow. energy flow. And I think that's what surprises people the most is how you can accomplish things that you intend, but without doing it in the way that we're trained to do it, which is I make lists, I make my phone calls, I carve out time to do it. Um, it's much more like a style of play. So that's what strikes people the most if they, if they hang out here for any length of time. So what, what caught me there, Monica, was this, this whole concept of, of lucky behaviors and, and serendipity. And I want to pause on that for a bit and dig in a little bit more because uh, to someone like me, who is like deeply practical <laughs> type A, uh, uh, that's that's a hard one to wrap your brain around. And I've you know I've read books like um, like Gabby Bernstein's uh, The Universe Has Your Back and and such like that. And and I'm wondering if that's a, if that's a little bit of what this is. Can you help me out with this lucky behaviors business because I think mm-hmm. I I want to make them. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I want to take well, those lucky behaviors on a regular basis. To put you at ease, Sarah, I will tell you that the real power and magic is in the combination of the two. So the fact that you have mastered, you know, the driving, as you would call it, the type A model can only serve you well, right? But there is another model. Um, I stumbled upon it over the course of a decade and I became very interested in very various spiritual practices. And I remember Gabby Bernstein was one of the people I stumbled on really early on. In fact, I went to one of her, like the first reading of one of her first books um, there in San Francisco. And um, all of these kind of revelations um, appeared when I was on this spiritual path of exploring these these ideas. And after a period of years, however, I was like, okay, this is cool. And I'm an entrepreneur, so what can I do with it? Because I like to apply it, right? And so then I started experimenting in other ways. And um, I had also run across an article um, that talked about lucky be- traits of lucky behaviors. Um, like people who are lucky and what are they doing? And believe it or not, um, being lucky is a result of those behaviors, which if you really trace it back is a result of what you think, which is a result of what you believe. So if you simply adopt the belief that, hey, I can be lucky, then things start to shift. Um, And that's a neuroscience principle. But the lucky behaviors, just to put it simply, Um, There's four of them, and then I add an accelerator. So those four behaviors are curiosity, which is curiosity and openness. Um, The next one is um, resilience. I'm I'm writing this down feverishly. (laughs) The third is intuition. Okay. The Fourth is positive expectations. And then the fifth is playfulness. Just having fun with everything that's coming your way. Oh, 
You probably are seeing the react the my my face right now, which is like crunching up because the the fifth one um like gives me anxiety as someone who's like very driven, you know? Uh and I I know it's something that needs to come into my life more, but gosh, that's a hard one. And the rest of them I'm feeling very good about. Uh like very some sense of openness to. Uh <laughs> And, and I've been reading a lot about um, money mindset and especially the, the the mindset of exceptionally wealthy people and like commonalities. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm noticing a lot of similarities there. That's fascinating. What are you, what are you pulling away from the reading that you've been doing? What are your top takeaways? Honestly, a lot of um, the, the fourth one you said, so the positive expectations, a lot of mm-hmm. a, uh, a lot of in that space of worth, uh, of, of self-worth, mm-hmm. like being worthy of, uh, of a high net worth. Um, also thoughts around, uh, like, uh, gratitude, uh, for, you know, what you have, but also what's coming. Uh, that first one in curiosity and that openness of like being open to like how money could come from anywhere at and from anyone at any time, like being really open to how uh, it's coming into your life and not stopping like income streams because you have like these blocks and like in these like set ways on how things have to, to happen. Mm-hmm. Getting out of our own way. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So those are the things like immediately that are, are jumping out. Uh, and also uh, I, this this openness to both giving and receiving. Uh, that's mm-hmm. been a, a big one for me is that I am um, very good at blocking uh, of like receiving, like not receiving help. Uh, and... Uh, they say that's kind of like a, a no-no because that also blocks uh, the attraction of wealth. It's absolutely true. In fact, we spend time on that in Quantum Surfing 2, which is the second course. Um, so you have like kind of a, it's a multi-level uh, system that you've created? Yeah. So there's Quantum Surfing 1, which is called Getting Up on the Board. It's all about how to be predictably lucky. Essentially, you're catching a quantum wave. And then quantum surfing too is balancing on the board. Like once you're up on that board, how do you stay on it? And one of the concepts is absolutely this cycle of giving and receiving. And then just this morning, Sarah, I started surf shopping. We won't call it work, right? So um, surf shopping, quantum surfing three, which is surfing towards your target and, um, how to make sure that you're actually getting to where you intend to go, of course, in the most joyous and delightful way. Um, But this idea that you're bringing forth of giving and receiving is so very important because it's like a cycle, just like nature has cycles. And, you know, you give and then you receive, give and you receive. And when we're people who are generous or, you know, we tend to be givers and we're blocking the receiving. Um, it's an, it's an energetic, um, break 
that we're applying because we're not comfortable receiving. And one of the best places to start to be more comfortable is simply by accepting compliments. You know, when someone says to you, oh, Sarah, I love the color of that shirt you have on. That blue is just perfect, you know, with your coloring in your eyes. And to Thank be able you, to say, <laughs> so often we don't do that, Sarah, you know, we kind of deflect. So that's just like a really tiny place to even start to keep that cycle going rather than breaking the cycle all the time. So I absolutely yeah, love that. Monica, it's so true. I've noticed that in my own life, just as soon as I became aware that that was a thing, like the blocking of, of receiving, I was noticing it in so many places in my life because I'm uh, like, not to be like boastful, but I'm really good at giving. Uh, I'm yeah. really good at offering help and, and helping without being asked for others. And then, and I think this is, this is not uncommon for them to be like, oh no, but I don't need any help. Uh, or like the, like you said, blocking of the compliments, like, uh, that's very easy for me to do. And so, uh, really been trying to challenge myself on that one. Uh, where am I blocking, uh, receiving and, and how can I kind of like, and now I love that picture that you're painting for me of it being like cyclical, that circle. Mm. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Nice I, to chat about it. I like, I'm really, um, I'm dying to d dive more into these lucky behaviors, but I, I have to pause on that for a moment because I want to, I want to circle back a little bit to Fiji, if you don't mind, because mm -hmm. you're there. Uh, yeah. And because you have this, um, you host these re retreats exclusively in Fiji. And I have a hunch that was intentional. And I know we talked a bit about how that has a lot to do with your worldview on like people needing to get away from the everyday. But I wonder if we could just pause on that for a moment and you could share a few more thoughts on that for those of us who are still a little bit stuck on <laughs> uh, like, you know, being where we're at in to-do lists and all the things, right? Yeah. You know, there in the Western world, we live in a hyperdrive society. And it's really something to be grateful for. We're so productive, the rate of change, and if you want to even say manifestation is so rapid. Um, you know, people uh, we are easily creators, we have the, they have the resources to be creators. Um, there's a model that is being used in order to create in that way. So for myself, I started going back and forth between Fiji and the U.S. I want to say almost 30 years ago now. Um, my uncle had moved here in 1972. And so as a teenager, I started visiting. And then about 10 years ago, I found myself here more frequently. And what I was discovering, Sarah, is that mixing the energies of this place with my driving focused ways in Silicon Valley 
was making me more creative. It was making me more open. It was giving me a broader perspective on what was possible. And it was taking me to a place that gave me joy, that made me happy. Um, and so kind of like everything started firing on all cylinders, if you will, as a result of mixing the two energies. So it was for that reason that I actually bought my place, my own place here, because I was wanting to share this experience with other entrepreneurs um, as a way to get off the grid. I put it, you know, to come home um, and be present to yourself and to the surroundings in such a way that it allows you to be that much more effective and focused and even keeled, if you will, mm -hmm. back in, um, in our hyperdrive Western societies. There's a few things that are going on here in Fiji that I believe have that effect. You know, you can hear them like honestly, literally sitting in the jungle. <laughs> um, <laughs> So there's, there's the roosters and the birds and um, there's the, the companionship of the wind, which is fascinating. You know, when I found myself back in the U.S. Uh, last fall, after having been here for two years, the thing that I missed the most was the wind because I had become accustomed to living in an environment in which the wind is always present with me that even when I'm indoors, the wind is coming through the louvers. There's no separation between me and the wind. Um, and yet there's a distinct separation when you're back into any sort of environment where the buildings are you know, reinforced and well-structured and you have your air conditioning and your climate control and you know, um, you're not exposed to the wind. Um, but being exposed to the wind as an example, being integrated with nature in that way, it has a different effect on how you feel, on how you breathe. Um, and when you start to shift those fundamentals, then you come to a place of peace and well-being that allows you to have new insights and creativity. So the nature here is so pervasive that it, you can't shut it out the way we're accustomed to shutting it out in our, in our modern world, right? Yeah. You can't be separate. I'm tracking with you and I'm imagining, so usually once a month, uh, sometimes more often, we drive about an hour, hour and a half um, west and we go to the Oregon coast because I'm in Portland, Oregon. Mm -hmm. And we'll spend the whole day there. Uh, there's even beaches where we can drive on. And so we'll just like set up camp for the day with a fire and, uh, and just hang out. And uh, everything you just described, I can imagine. I feel like I can imagine it because that's how I feel when I go there. Like there is this constant sense of wind and 
uh, a different smell in the air and this like constant like sound from the ocean of you know like it's like rhythmic and I come away from every single day that we do there feeling a sense of like calm and restoration and like openness and uh I love it. Like my, my husband and I joke, like there's just never a bad day on the Oregon coast. It can even be, you know, like pounding rain uh, and we're soaked through, but like we come away with just like a sense of relaxation and big smiles on everyone in the family's face. And, uh, you know, we talk about Portland not being our forever home, but uh, we would have, if that was ever the case, we would have a very hard time giving up access to that sense of like release if you will at the ocean i i grew up in uh, bellevue washington that's where i was born okay and my grandparents had a small property in long beach washington there sure. on the washington coast right so not so far from where yeah, you're... we've been there we did a little um i remember it fondly because we went uh, as the only time I've, we've ever gone horseback riding on the beach, <laughs> we did it in Long, uh, is it Long Beach or Long View? Yeah. Yeah. Well, there, yes, I think you have to, you're right. You have to drive down to Long View to that ranch where they have the horses for beach riding, which was one of my favorite, favorite memories as a child. So thank you for that reminder. Aww. Um, but completely a weekend spent in that environment, as you've just shared, it makes all the difference. Um, so, you know, here in Fiji, it's it's similar to that. What you also have here is a culture, the Fijian culture, which is village-based, it's community-based, and it's, it's based on happiness. There's a real caring um, that connects everyone here. You, you wouldn't walk down the street without saying hello to everyone which of course is like you know a big mbula smile and uh, that's just not the case when you walk through even a town um, in the u.s so there's this natural interconnection not only with the environment with the in this case the jungle and the sea but also with the people um, and and this is very, very special, and I found it extraordinarily nourishing during the pandemic in particular, because you, you may not know these people intimately, but you know them, mm-hmm. because you are all have a sense of shared values of your way of existing in the world. And it's a, it's just a shift from our model of independence and separation there's a natural sense of connection and interdependence here and and i will also add i think some of that is born from the fact that it's a dramatic environment right now we're in our summer and so that means you know we we get our cyclones and we get our thunderstorms and that's just the nature of the you know the natural cycle here here It was kind of a shock last Saturday when we also got front row seats to volcanic eruption out of Tonga, which is 400 miles from us. That's not usual. Yeah. Uh, What you do come to experience here is this this um, 
sense that you live in an alive environment and that you are interconnected with the people here who are all experiencing that. Um, there's real beauty in living that way. Um, and so this is these are the kinds of things that I really make a point to share with people who are coming here. Um, and then we do in the retreats, we sprinkle in a lot of playfulness. Like people always ask me, are we going to be journaling every day? And we're going to be meditating. Where's my yoga? Like, where's my structure? Where's my structure? I got, I have this model <laughs> in my head. Just, I relax. <laughs> I need my structure to know that, you know, this is what's going to be happening. And, um, you know, we can always do all those things. That's totally fine. But what's interesting and what I've come to discover and learn over time is that playing coconut bocce ball is not structured, especially because coconuts roll in all different directions, but it's funny and it's playful and it's connecting you to the people who are around you. And through the laughter that you're sharing, you're coming to know them in a way that is deeper, is more appreciative than how you would know someone otherwise. And as a result, you're reflecting that back into yourself. And so you're coming alive in a way that is more free. So this, this emphasis on playfulness is actually something I incorporate into the retreats. And um, I know from a Western standpoint, that sounds like, so we're not doing something, right? So like, so we're doing that. We're not, like, we don't, we're not achieving an objective. But in fact, it can be the fastest way to break through to an entirely new trajectory um, because it's a, it's a high energy. It's a very high energy that nourishes each and every one of us so that we're engaged over longer periods of time because we're having fun. Just like that sense of the shared experiences that you just described on the Oregon coast, how it's so restoring. Hey, I don't want you to miss out. Did you know that this conversation always continues inside the Lynchpin Nation community? It's a free modern discussion forum exclusively for Green Room Central listeners that will have a profound impact on the way you look at events in your business. Get answers to your biggest questions, hear behind the scenes nuggets from event leaders, and get access to helpful templates, guides, and checklists as you start and scale events in your business. Be part of the daily discussion with entrepreneurs just like you. You can join for free over at greenroomcentral.com. I'll see you inside. So what I'm wanting Lynchpin Nation to take away from that is that adding playfulness to your events might just extend the engagement of your guests. Like you're, you're talking about a longer attention span when people are like giving and receiving that that like circle of joy there and how it extends engagement. And I think everyone has been asking throughout this pandemic, like, gosh, how do I extend people's like attention span on my, you know, virtual event? And I think you've just given us one of the clues right there. But I'm going to go back to two things that you just said there. Uh, and again, I think it's 
a lesson that I want Lynchpin Nation to take away here is first that creating the, the these destination retreats that you're creating uh, mm-hmm. are giving uh, entrepreneurs a, a vessel, an excuse uh, to escape. Like you're giving them like the permission to um, to do what they need to do by by creating this 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 space this this retreat for them. And that that's something that all of us have the power to do as entrepreneurs, as leaders, as linchpins in our communities is to create these, uh, these, these live experiences that allow people to escape from their everyday and, and have experiences that open, open them up in, in ways that they need to be opened up. Right. And so I think that's super important to for folks to be taking away. And then the second thing is I'm hearing such intention coming from you in uh, community building and how, uh, you know, when you when you create these retreats and you gather people together, you're naturally um, you're naturally creating like a community, which all of us have this permission to do as, as leaders in our businesses and how it's such a powerful thing because um, when you're, you're starting a new community, so you get to set up new rules and ways of belonging and ways of, uh, you know, like everyone, when they enter a community, they want to know, like, how do I fit in? And Mm -hmm. you are bringing them to Fiji and showing this, this brand new way of, of fitting in, which is more smiles and more connecting and, and knowing what your neighbor's name is and how they're doing. And, uh, I'm seeing a big, lot more circle of like giving and receiving happening there. Uh, I'm sure that's (laughs) by design. Uh, but I love that all of us get that permission to create a community with brand new rules when we create events. And, uh, and then hopefully uh, people love it so much that they take pieces back with them to their real life. And, yes. and I'm guessing that that happens for the entrepreneurs who choose to come in and stay with you. Yeah. And the, and, these are beautiful recaps. Um, I'm impressed that you're able to do that on the fly to tell you the truth, Sarah. Uh, Thank you, Monica. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but that's actually one of the things I really tried to do here is to make those experiences simple enough that people do take them Mm -hmm. with them. You know, it's, so often in the simple experiences that the connections are formed. And I really have to give my mother credit um, on this one. And she's you know, no longer here. So hopefully her ears are tuned in from another place because she would love to know. Um, when I was growing up, she made every moment magic. You had one of those very special mamas, huh? I did. Yeah. Um, she could take something really simple and mundane and transform it. So when we spent our time there on the 
the west coast up in um, Long Beach, we would go down to the beach and we didn't even take toys, you know? And then we would, she'd make it a whole adventure. We'd go and collect clamshells. And so we'd run around the beach and find our clamshells. And then she would take our clamshells and she would make lily pads. So we'd go down to the harder sand and she would draw these circles and then she would number the circles and we'd have to jump from one lily pad to the next and sometimes we'd have to twirl in between or sometimes we would do it like a hopscotch like you'd have to like toss a little shell and it would land on a lily pad and then you had to like figure out how you were going to make your way there and it was, everything was a kind of a game and I think there's so many opportunities for us in life to to make things that need to be done a game. Like I remember when I first had some of my early jobs and they were in administration and you know, like, like they're filing, they weren't interesting. They're kind of boring jobs. And she would say, Monica, make it a game. Think of a game, like how fast are you gonna file? Or, you know, like, but it wasn't even always have to be like a timed sort of thing. It was like just this way of navigating through tasks that would allow you to be in an energy that was more creative, more joyful. When I was raising my children, and they're all in their like early 20s now, and um, my middle son um, needed some language therapy. He did not articulate well. And so he was working with a speech pathologist. And she employed one of these techniques that's exactly of the style that my mother used to use. So my son would go to his um, speech courses and he was bored. Like he didn't really want to be there. And she knew it. You know, so how is she going to engage him to accomplish the uh, the goal of articulating so she after watching him for a while she gave him a, a little bowl of um paper clips and so she said every time that you articulate this well you get to make a basket so take like a paper clip out of here and toss it over there and you may not make the basket every time, but once you get to three, then we have like a special little celebration and you know, like run around the room and do something fun that he would much rather prefer to be doing. Yeah, the, these seem like small um, moments. They seem like they're not even worthy of us even taking the time to design them. But a really well-designed, playful orientation can get you to an end goal that you never would have reached otherwise. And so there's um, something to, that's revealed, really, um, in that approach. So I have to, I credit my mother in my life, but so many people are able to do that. That's so beautiful. And I, uh, I first learned that concept from 
my uh, one of my favorite mentors is Brendan Burchard, and his uh, one of his mottos is "Bring the joy," and uh, describes doing things very similar to what you just described with your mother. And I didn't uh, grow up that way, uh, and so it's, it's been very hard for me to learn this as an adult. Uh, but I can see the the value behind it um, and working towards it. <laughs> so I uh, I know that you have uh, purchased a space in 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 Fiji that allows like any one of us entrepreneurs to be able to host. Uh, events and experiences right there and I would love for you to tell us about it because I'm super curious yeah Uh, well you can you can find my place on uh, tavolafiji.com that's t-a-v-o-l-a it has a dual meaning Uh, the tavola tree is native to Fiji it's kind of a grand dame of uh, trees here in Fiji, and um, I think she kind of wanted to be important, so her name is here. Uh, but also, uh, tavola means table in Italian, and we gather around a family table. So I am passionate about great food, and we have a garden here, and we pull fish from the sea, and we eat hyper local. Um, even the beef that we have come from the island itself. So um, that food experience and breaking bread, so to speak, together is really core to the experience here. Um, So Tavola is available to anyone who would like to come and stay or who would like to host their own retreats or events here. And it's an intimate place, so if you want to host a larger event, we have partner properties nearby where um, your guests can stay and then make the trek over to Tavola for the yoga classes or the, you know, um, transformational retreat that you're offering, the business planning and strategy sessions that you're putting together. Um, Here we have um, three separate suites or five bedrooms with three baths so it's a really flexible space that can be configured in lots of different ways and we custom configure based on the needs of any particular group so it's small it's intimate great place to gather for you know up to 10 people and uh, if your event is 20 or 25 then there's options to stay nearby and then just pop on over to Tavola for the various events. That sounds magical. <laughs> I can't wait to check it out uh, online. Uh, I want to shift us into a, a rapid fire segment. Uh, and oh, I will put the link to your the, mm-hmm. the venue in uh, the show notes. Uh, I'm going to shift to a few rapid fire questions for you, if you don't mind, before we wrap up. Uh, okay. What is say to yourself backstage and on stage. And what I mean is mindset is a big thing for people who host things that are live, you know, with, with people, you know, in real life. And I wonder 
what do you say to yourself to give yourself the bravery and boldness to go make it happen? Um, I say it's not about me. It's about the people who have come here and I'm the best I can do is to deliver on whatever motivated them to be here now. I love that. I love it. What's your best tip for filling events? So getting registrants for, for your retreats. Well, this is actually something that I feel like I could be better at to tell you the truth. And also Tavola is fairly new. I purchased it and then I had a, about a year of bringing it up to the level that I really desired. There's always plenty of work and maintenance to be done in the tropics. And then I had a two year pandemic. So, um, you know, just kind of getting back online. Um, and there's lots of different ways to do that. But the way that I've selected is to trust that awesome people will learn about this special place. And it has been growing by word of mouth and that has brought the most incredible people here, people who feel like extended family. So that really suits me. I'm sure for so many of your listeners in Lynchpin Nation, you know, they need a thousand people to be in those seats and um, that's a different challenge. Um, for me, I'm trusting that the people who are ready will show up. And it's these kinds of conversations that give me an opportunity to share the stories and the experience of being here in Fiji. Oh, I love that because, you know, all of us, all, all of our events are for somebody or not for a whole lot of other people. Right. And when we trust, and I'm hearing that uh, from you, like uh, place a lot of trust that, uh, when you attract the right people, the, the serendipity of the room is going to be magical. And so uh, allow, allow the right people to, to find you uh, is what I'm hearing, and I love that. Uh, what's your favorite moment at events that you host? <laughs> Probably when the music comes on. <laughs> I'm and with you like, on that. Flip into some like ridiculous dance moves that you know you would never pull out because you would be self-conscious about what you might look like, but you can't help but just dance. And and when that happens with other people, and you happen to be in the kitchen doing something together, or out there on the field playing a game and I, those are my favorite moments it's like there's this I guess it's this like childlike abandon that you've come to a place in that moment where you get to be truly and wholly who you are this complete sense of self-expression that's 
that's instantaneous, that's unrestrained, that there's no reason to hold back on, on who you truly are. Um, this is one of the reasons that I'm, I really love this place is because it cultivates that kind of self-expression and that this is also why I call it a home in the sense that you get to be who you are and you get to be honored for who you are. More than that, you get to be loved for who you are. And there's not always that many spaces in our day-to-day -day lives where we feel that way. Um, so often we're towing the line of what we perceive is required of us in terms of our conduct and behavior. So my favorite moments here when I, I myself and when I see others simply slip into that authentic self-expression, that pure abandon freedom of delighting in the moment. That's the word for me right there, freedom. That that's uh, that's it's magical when you can be in a place that allows you to get to that place, uh, because so often we're not there, especially as driven entrepreneurs. Yeah. Uh, what's the best thing about hosting your own events? I enjoy the camaraderie. I really do, Sarah. I'm, I'm um, learning from others just as much as they're enjoying and learning by being here. Um, that co-collaboration that that connection, that interdependence, like it has so many kind of mysteries to yield. So I, it's, I had to really think about that question when you asked it, because I, I know I'm hosting, but I rarely think of it that way. I am more enjoying the beauty of the people who have gathered. That's the, that's what I really appreciate. And I think Monica, why that's happening for you is because you have, you, you have decided to show up as authentically you and to present your retreats as authentically as what the experience is and, you know, will be and in, in your marketing. And when we do that as event hosts as, as leaders that is when we're so very authentically us it really paints a picture for our potential guests uh the, the our prospects of who this event is for and who it's not for and mm -hmm. that authenticity then in our marketing allows the right people to show up and and create that serendipitous room 
and you're feeling that you like that's what you're feeling is that that camaraderie and connection and interdependence that's happening that magic is happening because of how authentic you are being on the front end it's it's attracting your people and so and i think that's my favorite thing to hear from event leaders is is that because then it tells me they're doing all of the things right on the front end of, of you know, like getting, getting people in the door and it pays off in spades because your people show up and, cause, and they're showing up for you and, and then nothing, like it makes your job so much easier and just feels so natural then as you are, are hosting uh, because it's like the right people are there is, is I guess how I could describe it. Yeah, oh, I love that. You. Thank uh, you. I, I want to know what you're reading right now. Oh, I just, what a great question. I just read, um, into the magic shop by James Doty been on my shelf for probably five years now friend had recommended it to me. Um, it's his journey from poverty to great success. Um, he learns meditation and visioning techniques from a woman that he stumbles upon as a 12 year old boy by entering a magic shop. Uh, and now he runs a, an organization. He became a neurosurgeon and he runs an organization um, at Stanford uh, around the science of compassion. So I truly enjoyed um, that book. And then I just started, as I was sharing, um, teaching Quantum Surfing 3 uh, this morning. And the book that I wanted people to read, and so I reread it myself, uh, is The Alchemist by Paulo Coelho, which is he's one of my most favorite authors. Um, and the reason that I chose that book is that it's a hero's journey, which we talk about in Quantum Surfing 2, how each of us is on a hero's journey. Um, and what we're doing in Quantum Surfing 3 is really where the alchemist ends, where the boy discovers his treasure in his own home, and then what's next? And so that's what Quantum Surfing 3 is all about how to set what's next in a way that in, integrates all the learnings, all the experiences um, that have been harvested over the course of living the hero's journey. So both of those books, been, I've, I've been reading, I've read both of them this month. I uh, I haven't read the the magic shop one, but I have read the alchemist and absolutely loved it. Was so surprised that I loved it, but <laughs> uh, it was, uh, yeah, magical. I highly recommend that one. And a hero's journey. Uh, I think that's the name of uh, of Donald Miller's brand new book uh, that just came out. Okay, interestingly enough, fantastic. Uh, Monica, this has been an absolute joy today talking with you. And I want to make sure nice. that uh, 
Lynchpin Nation knows what you've got going on and where they can find you. So would you, would you share it with us? Yes, thank you. Uh, so I have three different websites um, for the retreats. It is stillnessfiji.com. For bookings at the hotel, the private villa, it's tavolafiji.com. And for quantum surfing, uh, it is quantumsurfing.com. Excellent. I will um, make sure that we uh, link all that up in the show notes for folks. All right. Best to your entire community and all of Lynchpin Nation. Best to you and your family. Best wishes for a spectacular 2022. Thank you for listening to the Green Room Central podcast today. If you love this episode, then please take a screenshot on your phone and post it to Instagram and be sure to tag at Sarah Faper and let me know why you liked it and what you'd like to hear or who you'd like to hear from in the future. That'll help me know what to create for you. Also, I've been hearing a lot of business owners say people are tired of virtual events, and it's just not true, which is why I created a brand new five-day challenge called the Virtual Event Lab. I want to show you how to make your next virtual event profitable, engaging, and most importantly, how to make it happen. And the best part is this five-day challenge is absolutely free. To register right now, simply visit greenroomcentral.com and we can get started today. On average, I spend about an hour a day reading every month of every year. If you love learning on the go as much as I do, go to greenroomcentral.com to get a free audiobook and a free 30-day trial of Audible, my audiobook platform of choice and a sponsor of Green Room Central. Perhaps grab a copy of Into the Magic Shop by James Doty, as Monica recommended today, or one of my favorites, The Alchemist by Paulo Coelho. I appreciate your commitment to leveling up and learning the mindset and strategy of live events. Keep going. Keep learning. If you want more, head over to greenroomcentral.com for show notes and all the links from today's episode.